Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Hey, this is Richard Christie, and you're listening to Talking Metal. I am Dan Lorenzo from the Cursed Hades Nonfiction and Who Knows What Else, and I love the show Talking Metal, which is what you are listening to right now. Hello, this is Tony Iommi, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Talking Metal. <laughs> This is Jim Brewer, and you're listening to Talking Metal! Hey, this is Vince you're rocking with Talking Metal! Fucking A! Hi, this is Hank Up from Children of Bodom, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Anik, Morbid Chef Giroux on Talking Metal Radio. Great. Thank you, Hey guys, welcome to episode 302. Uh, A little ticked right now because John and I actually recorded host wraps for this episode and they somehow got deleted by my computer. So uh, screw up on my part. I'm not exactly sure what I did in the garage band software to delete our host wraps, but uh, I'm redoing them now solo. I'm going to make this quick. We got Richard Christie from Charred Walls of the Damned on the show today along with... Anik, the Morbid Chef, who has a great book out called Hellbent for Cooking. Uh, When I first heard about the Hellbent for Cooking heavy metal cookbook, I wasn't so sure about it. And, uh, you know, when my son was born, somebody got me, you know, the heavy metal book for babies and daddies and stuff, and it was really pretty lame, you know, gimmicky. So uh, I was concerned that the Hellbent for Cooking book might be similar. But let me tell you, this is a great book. Uh, if you're a fan of heavy metal, you need to get it. It has lots of history in there, tidbits on a lot of bands, big bands from Thin Lizzy all the way to, uh, you know, extreme black metal bands, progressive black, if you will, Psy, uh, like Psy out of Japan, uh, Creator, Anthrax, uh, Mayhem, Doro is in here, Quar. So it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I really suggest you pick it up. There's a lot of great dishes in here, a lot of great drinks in this book, too. Um, and we're big drinkers here. As is Richard Christie, who is the first guest on the 
podcast today. He's a part of this book, Hellbent for Cooking, and he's also a part of a great new band called Charred Walls of the Damned. We're going to get into the interview in just one second here. Please pick up a t-shirt in the store section of TalkingMetal.com. John Astronomy, our friend Victor over in Spain, and myself are constantly updating the wire section on TalkingMetal.com. That's uh, our news page. Uh, it has all the scoops on what we're up to and what we've heard on the uh, on the street. You know, one of the that was one of the first places to report that Dave Ellefson is uh, open to playing songs off of Endgame. I thought that was a pretty cool little tidbit we had. We actually heard it in the interview first, and then we, uh, you know, before the interview was podcasted, we uh, put it up there. We also have our our Twitter page which is twitter.com slash talking metal. So check us out there. All right, here's Richard Christie. Then we're going to hear some of his music. Well, actually, we're going to hear Death first. Death covering Painkiller. That's Richard on drums on this track. Uh, and then we're going to get into the interview, followed by two short sound samples of his music. We'll uh, then head into the interview with The Morbid Chef. afraid it's just talking metal live here's mark john with a very special guest we are very excited we have in the studio with us tonight richard christie howdy fellas how are hey, you man richard. i'm good it's good to see you again uh, i haven't seen you since uh well i've seen you a few times but i, I remember we jammed together not we too jammed. long ago we yeah. ate chinese food together yes. uh, yeah. quite quite two a, of the most amazing yeah. two of the most amazing jams uh the slayer jam was one of my absolute favorites yes that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun. metal fun. mike and we had byron from god forbid yes and mm. uh, richard yeah. the powerhouse crazed double bass player i love it it's insane <laughs> that was awesome that was a lot of fun. And we're going to concentrate on what Richard is up to now. We had you right. on episode 253 and really talked a lot about your history and stuff. But let's talk about what's going on now. You have a brand new project out that uh, sounds great. It's out in stores and on iTunes right now. Charred Walls of the Damned. Tell us about putting this. Is it a project or a band? How are you referring to it? Well, it's definitely a band. It's something I want to keep going for as long as I can. I I see no reason to just do one album and stop. I had so much fun doing this album, and it 
turned out so amazing that I, I you know, I definitely want to keep this going. And uh, yeah, it's something I want to I want to take it on the road. Um, we're planning to do some shows this summer, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm very psyched to be back in the the recording and touring. You know, game right. and and you had yeah. worked briefly with with Tim, right, in Iced Earth. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about? Can you tell us a little bit about Jason and Steve? Jason also produced this record, which the production is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds so good. It sounds so good. Yeah, Jason is he is so talented. He I've known him since 1999, and he was just this kind of silly kid that came up to me at the uh, brass uh, show at the Brass Mug in Tampa when I was playing with Burning Inside, and and we got to be really good friends and uh we've jason and i have actually been writing music together i lived in florida for years and we've been writing music together since about 2001 and we've always talked about putting together a band and a project and we worked a little bit together on a cd he did called crotch duster which is like a comedy type metal thing that he did right and uh so you know the first person i thought of when i wanted to put together a band when i had a lot of songs for an album the first person i thought of was jason because i i know that we work great together he's got an amazing studio audio hammer studios in orlando and uh you know he's just a real fun guy to be around he's real light-hearted real goofy and you know he's got a lot of back hair that i love to pull in the studio <laughs> <laughs> he's just a fun guy to be around so uh and same with uh steve and tim they're just really good friends of mine uh um, you know, putting this band together was a great opportunity for us just to get together again and hang out and have fun too. And, uh, you know, luckily a great metal album came out of yeah, it. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, that was my next question. Cause you guys, I mean, Tim is just incredibly busy with so many different projects and you of course on Howard Stern and all your stuff up here in New York, I was wondering how often you guys actually got together the four of you in a room and just bang stuff out. Well, um, you know, we, just pretty much in the studio we met up in at audio hammer studios because of everybody's schedules and jason has a very full production schedule he's usually booked up 10 or 11 months out of the year so we didn't really have much of a chance to really get together other than when we went into the studio but i had demoed all the songs written uh played the guitar bass and drums and uh, done some vocal ideas uh, for all the songs on the album. So we had a good blueprint of what we wanted it to sound like. Um, But luckily, it it went really smooth when we got into the studio in Florida, and and Jason and I did a couple days of pre-production where we kind of fine-tuned all the songs, and Jason is just so amazing at producing and songwriting. So everything just went super smooth. We did everything in about three weeks. Uh, Tim did his vocals in something like five days, which is super fast for doing the vocals for a whole album. And everybody came in very prepared. They had heard the demos that I had sent of the songs, and it just went really, really smooth. Now, Richard, I uh, knew that you had played guitar before, but I was blown away at how good you actually are on guitar as well as drums, because I consider you one of the absolute best drummers that we've ever jammed with. But this is not, you know, three chord, you know, metal. This is like some complicated stuff. And it's, it's, I didn't know that you were that good on guitar. Oh, well, thank you very much. And, you know, I got to give all the credit on the album to Jason. He's just a, a shredder. He's so amazing. And uh, if you heard the, the demos, you would hear a huge difference between my playing and what, you know, is on the album. I mean, it's the 
same riffs, but I'm in no means by, you know, nowhere near the level that Jason is as a guitar player, which is one thing that I was super excited about when we got in the studio. I played all the guitars on the demos and I'm okay at guitar. I mean, I've been playing for a while and I can get my ideas out there. But once Jason got a hold of the riffs, he was like a, you know, a crazy chef just stirring the pot and making these riffs amazing. And he just really spiced them up. And, and it was exciting to hear these riffs that I wrote just really come to life once Jason got a hold of them. And in addition to the music, you also wrote all of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For one time, I'm not being the, the goofball who's, you know, uh, getting meatballs thrown at his butt on the, <laughs> on, the, on the Stern Show or something crazy like that. I took it very seriously, and I... Uh, I approached it. It's a lot of the lyrics are very personal. They're things that that I can relate to. That hopefully other people can relate to. There's one song called "Fear in the Sky," and it's about my fear of flying. I'm terrified to fly. I, I it's something I've never gotten used to. As much as I've flown all over the world on tour, I still have to have you know a, a plenty of drinks before I get on an airplane and uh so that that's one uh one of the songs is inspired by that there's a song called Blood on Wood that was inspired one day I was rehearsing the drums for this album I was practicing in Brooklyn and uh I looked down while I'm playing the drums and one of my drumsticks is covered in blood and uh you know I don't mean to be nasty but my one of my blood blisters had had broken and just like covered one of the drumsticks and wow. blood and I thought that's a pretty heavy title blood on wood right you that's know? cool yeah uh, it can also be sound pretty perverse I guess how about but, uh, yeah, like yeah. manifestation is a song I like ghost town manifestation uh, also voices within the walls are all cool oh tracks. thank you very much very catchy too like when when I first heard about this record I have to admit I wasn't quite expecting the big catchy hooks well that's important to me i mean growing up as a metal fan growing up on iron maiden you know king diamond merciful fate um all those bands have have hooks and they have they're really catchy but heavy at the same time you know old metallica I love all that stuff, yeah. and even a lot of the death metal that I listen to. If you listen to the Morbid Angel or, or, or Dismember or Malevolent Creation, a lot of the stuff they did in the early '90s actually had hooks, and yeah. I love that. I love when a band is super heavy, but there's also that catchiness to it, and that was really important to me. And that's one thing that uh, that Jason is so amazing at. When we went in the studio, um, Jason really took the the vocal patterns and the vocal ideas that Tim and I had worked on and and just made them so catchy like mm. the chorus from Voices Within the Walls which I love that was you know Jason came up with the idea for that chorus and and to me that was one of the most important aspects of making this record was to really make get those hooks in there where you know, two hours after you hear the album, you're still singing a chorus from one of the songs or you're humming one of the songs. That I wanted to make this album heavy, but at the same time, mem- very memorable. Definitely. Let's talk about, back to the lyrics, Ghost Town. What is that actually about? Um, that's about a little town in northeast Oklahoma um, that I drove through last April. I, I grew up in Kansas, uh, about 45 minutes away from where this town is. And I used to go through this town with my parents when I was a kid, and it was just a normal little town that, that we'd drive through on the way to Tulsa or something. And uh, and 
in the past uh, 10 or 20 years, the town has pretty much been abandoned mm. because of lead mining and oh, lead okay. dust. And it's just, it really blew my mind when I drove through this town that uh, that here's a place in America that really you're not supposed to live in, that, that's really dangerous to live in. And it's weird to me that there's places in America that are like that, that, that the environment is so damaged that people can't even live there. But hmm. meanwhile, there are people that still live in that town. There are people that don't want to leave right. because they've lived there for so long and uh, people are trying to, to get them to leave and they don't want to. So it was just a pretty heavy thing to drive through this nearly abandoned town. And that's that kind of inspired the lyrics for Ghost Town. And the video is posted on your website. And I love the use of the gas mask and where you can see the band in the eyes of the gas mask. <laughs> now, who came up with that idea, and who did that video, and where did you record it? Uh, that is my great friend Mike Schiff. He's a super talented filmmaker that I know that I actually work with on uh, Howard TV, which is Howard Stern's TV channel. And um, Mike is just, he's real talented. We pretty much just did it with uh, me and Mike. We uh, we drove to Pennsylvania one day. Uh, Mike has a ton of uh, camera equipment. We went on a Sunday. I got permission to film in a haunted house. Uh, I'm a big, cool. ha- I'm a Halloweeny, which is, you know, people that love to travel around every October and go to haunted attractions all over the country. And one of my favorites is in Pennsylvania. It's called Shocktoberfest in Reading, Pennsylvania. So I called Pat, the owner, one day, and I was like, hey, Pat, would you mind if we filmed in your uh, in your haunted house for a day? And he's like, yeah, come on, I'll just unlock the door and you can do whatever you want. And so it was really cool to, to film in this. It's a massive just haunted attraction, and he pretty much just unlocked the doors and said, go crazy. And and so we filmed there for a day, and uh, it was a lot of work. I, I'm actually the the creepy guy in the gas mask. Oh, cool. I'm the only actor we could find that would work for free. So <laughs> uh, that's me. And, you know, I could barely breathe in that thing, but it was all for metal, so it was worth it. And uh, I think the video turned out great for, for as quick as we made it and, and for the budget that we had. I'm, I'm really, really proud of it, and I think Mike Schiff did just an awesome job. No doubt. So you mentioned that there probably will be some, or there definitely will be some live dates for for the band. Yeah, yeah, we're working on booking some stuff right now. Uh, I'm working with a management company here in New York, and uh, yeah, will you be we're... taking off time from your real job to go do this. Well, you, you know, I mean, definitely my day job comes first. Right. I, I mean, I have the the greatest job in the world, and I love it there so much, and I owe everything to Howard Stern for hiring me because it's, you know, that was always my dream to have a day job that I love. Even when I was playing in other bands, I still got up and went to do a, a job as an electrician, and uh, which I didn't mind that as much, but getting to go to a job that you really love is, sure. is amazing. So I'll work it around uh, our vacations on the Stern Show, yeah. And uh, but that works out good, too, for all of us, because um, Tim is very busy. Jason and Steve are both really busy, too. So, you know, we'll work it out. And that was one thing I took into consideration when putting this band together is I didn't want three other guys waiting around on me Mm -hmm. to go on tour, you know, with nothing else going on. These other guys, they have a lot going on as well. So one, you know, we'll as long as we have two or three months notice to book some shows, we'll be able to line our schedules up and and make it happen. And we're we're thinking 
thinking about uh, July and August doing some uh, some shows, hopefully some festival dates over in Europe. And right. uh, yeah, right. so cool. I'm psyched. Cool. And last time we spoke, you mentioned we were talking about the unfinished uh, C- Control Denied record. Is there still a definite plan to... Uh, finish that out mm-hmm. yeah we actually uh it's some really cool news that we can finally go ahead and finish that album what was, happened was there legal yeah, things legal or, yeah. stuff there was a label in europe that um that chuck had signed to that um there were some things going on and i don't know all the specifics i just know that it was tied up in courts for a while the album and and now um the album uh, as far as I know, the album Chuck's family is in charge of the album now, which is great because I, I'm very close with Chuck's family and and I've talked with them a lot and they're very excited about finishing uh, the second Control Denied. And I know Tim Amar and Shannon Ham and Steve DiGiorgio are very excited and, and Jim Morris from Morris Sound is really excited about doing it because... This was, you know, one of Chuck's last wishes was sure. that he really wanted the fans to hear this album. And and what needs to be finished on the album? Well, I did the drums and Chuck did his guitars in two thousand uh, December of two thousand. We did the drums and then throughout two throughout December of two thousand and the first half of two thousand one. I'm pretty sure uh, Chuck finished his guitars. Okay, and so we need to go in and do Shannon Ham's leads. And we need to do Tim Amar's vocals and Steve DiGiorgio's bass. Right. Okay. So yeah, we're gonna do that this year. I'm I'm super excited about about that. And the songs are just incredible. People are gonna freak out when they hear them. It's uh it's just, you know, I, I'm really, really excited to to finally finish this album because that's what Chuck really, really wanted. Yeah, it's a win-win situation for everybody, for, for Chuck, because his music is going to get out there for his family, who I know would love to to hear this get out there, for you guys in the band who it meant so much to, and then to all the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, Chuck just loved Chuck was so humble when it came to his music. He he just loved when fans told him that they loved his music, and he was so honored by that. And just to know that this album will finally be able to be heard by the fans, it it makes me so happy. And you know, and because I, I know that 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 Chuck would be Chuck would be happy. Cool. Now, Richard, you guys uh, have a ton of media stuff going on, and you had a really cool party at a place that I really like called Fontana's in New York. Tell us about the release party. Well, I'm still recovering a week later. You can, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm a little stuffed up. I I stayed out late, got about two hours of sleep, and had to go to work and caught a cold. And but it was all worth it, man. It was all for metal. It was a a really good time. I drank a lot of PBR that night. Cool. Um, a lot of fans came out. We, uh, Tim Ripper Owens and I, were signing the album. Uh, it was really, really just a cool night, and a lot of a lot of killer bands played. And uh, Tim and I got up and jammed "Living After Midnight" with this band, the Hickson, who are very good friends of mine from uh, the Philly area. And yeah, it was just a really good time. I. I Usually that's that's a school night for me a Tuesday and I don't right. go out but this was a special occasion and uh, I had a lot of fun. Brian Slagle from Metal Blade, Metal Blade. flew out for it. Oh and, wow, uh, cool! Yeah, it was just it was a really really good time and uh, you know you can't go wrong with metal and Pabst Blue Ribbon and and a bunch of metalheads and metal bands. No doubt. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, uh, there is a new cookbook out called yes. Hell Bent for Cooking: The Heavy Metal Cookbook. 
And you have a recipe in there that I wanted to ask you about, the Viking testicle drink. <laughs> let's, let's talk about this. What what actually is this drink, and where well, did this name come from? The technical term for it is a flirtini, which, you know, if you're you got metal- to butch that up a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> if you're a metalhead, you're not going to walk into a bar and say, hey, give me a flirtini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I decided to, you know, change it up a little bit so that metalheads could be proud to order a drink you know that, that that you just go go up and order the viking testicle that's nothing right. sounds more manly than that is it is it catching on at bars yet have you tried it out i've at, not at, heard yeah. one person order <laughs> yeah. no i think i'm the only one and what it comes from is there's a bar on the upper east side a buddy of mine was bartending there and uh my fiance and i would go there every friday night and it's just a real cool bar and i would just drink about 20 flirtinis when right. i go there and and i told him i say you know i can't keep coming up here and yelling out give me a flirtini jared so i told him i said i'm gonna call it a viking testicle and you'll know what to make me right and cool. and so that's what i that was our code word for a flirtini and what, so, what actually yeah. is in there yeah. can we is divulge it, is, it, is it served in a scrotum <laughs> well it, it it's made of wine salmon <laughs> no it's uh it's got what is in it champagne uh the pineapple in a pineapple yeah, juice and it's got um, Stoli Vanilla Vodka. Okay. Wow. Sounds like a flirtini to me. <laughs> well, it, it is, but I'm, I'm changing it up a little bit. I like it. I'm going to order that next it's time I good. go to a bar. It's good. It's really good. You know, I like it. It's it's a little girly, but what are you going to do? I like sweet drinks. So, And, and you know, I, in the cookbook, I change it up a little bit, too. I say that you have to listen to a little... Amon Amarth under a northern star while you uh, right, make right. the drink. Viking metal. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think I say something like it's best uh, served in a in a tusk of a woolly mastodon or something. Yeah, nice. But if you can't you find go. that, a martini glass will do. That'll work. <laughs> now, Richard, you mentioned the school nights. Now, what time do you normally go to bed, and what time do you have to be there in the morning at the Howard Stern Show? Um, I go to bed about... It's hard. It's a schedule I still have never gotten used to, and I don't know if you can because ideally I would go to bed at 8 o'clock and get up at 4 in the morning. Wow. But I can never go to bed at 8 o'clock. There's always something on TV or I'm playing guitar or, or doing something. So I end up going to bed about 10, 10.30 and getting up about 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So. And you live in the city, so it's not that hard to get to work probably well i live in queens oh okay i didn't know okay yeah so and tomorrow might be a little bit of a chore i know we're gonna get slammed supposedly that's what they're saying tonight with snow so we'll see you know hopefully the subways will be running okay but it's not bad i'm about a 15 minute subway ride from that's cool yeah sometimes i was just gonna say sometimes living in queens depending on where you're going that might be easier for you to get to work on the subway than if you did live in maybe you know the hell's kitchen area or the east village or something like yeah, that. yeah definitely well i actually had it pretty good for a couple of years i lived at 48th and 10th and our office is at 48th and 6th so right oh that's cool uh, you know and i would walk to work about 4 30 in the morning i saw some crazy stuff because you know, New York at 4.30 in the morning on a Tuesday night. You don't know what right. you're going to see. I <laughs> saw people having sex in a telephone booth one night and just a lot of crazy stuff. So it was always interesting. But 
um, you know, if I was running a little bit late, I'd always have to take a cab, and I ended up spending, living on the west side, there's no subway, so I'd spend $100, $200 a month on cabs. Wow. Now I just buy a Metro card, and it's, it saves me a lot of money, actually, living in Queens. So Cool. You could spend all that savings on uh, Viking testicles. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have your Metalocalypse uh, t-shirt on there tonight. You did some of the voices on that, right? Yeah, yeah. I was Great type- show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't want to say I was typecast, but I played a redneck on there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a, a redneck who who's driving and drinking whiskey down a road in a pickup truck, oh, and, the, and where the where the, the governor episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Florida. great. Yeah, that's yeah where great Nathan episode. the explosion yeah. becomes the governor yeah, of Florida, Florida yep. and it, the episode opens with me driving down the road, and I say, uh, "Oh, what do I say?" I quote a deicide lyric. Um, I can't remember exactly what, like, I am the spawn of hell or I am the Satan spawn, something like that. And, uh, and right then my, my head gets blown off. (laughs) Somebody shoots me in the head and then the truck plows into a, a school full of children. <laughs> so it yeah. starts off very violent. And I remember, then, and then you come back at the end as an older redneck, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 and, yeah, and and he gets yeah. shot in the head too. So yeah, I know that I, episode. I, I had no idea that great. was you. Yeah, I got hilarious. to die twice in Metalocalypse, which was an honor. And I I told my parents, I said, hey, uh, you should watch. Cartoon Network, I'm going to be on this Cartoon Metalocalypse, and they watched it, and they called me the next day. They're like, "Boy, that sure is a violent cartoon." <laughs> you know, they're yeah. from Kansas; they they didn't know yeah. what to think, but they were they're cool. They yeah. Did your parents bother. go to the Harold and Kumar premiere? No, they oh, didn't. Okay, I thought I thought maybe you had said that they went and saw it in like the world premiere of it. Well, they did go see it in Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is you know a tiny little theater in Kansas. And I think they said it was only a few people in there, and they told everybody to to keep an eye out for me in the movie. So that was pretty cool. I thought it was cool that, you know, they got to go to a theater near where I grew up in Kansas and see me in a movie. And the big screen. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. And I I went to the premiere with my fiancé, and uh, we had a blast. We had uh, a—can I curse on here, by the way? Yes, absolutely. Oh, because I was going to say, we got to hang out with the guy who had the cock meat sandwich in the movie. (laughs) The big guy, uh, the big guy that's in Guantanamo Bay. Now, what's in that drink? (laughs) Uh, Cock meat sandwich. That's. I Bailey's some, Irish cream and yeah, uh, topped off with curly pubes or something. Yeah, I don't there know. you go. <laughs> but cool. he, uh, uh, this guy's huge. He's like seven foot tall, and he he looks like a Viking. He and so we hung out with him, and I was, oh, you're the cock meat sandwich guy. That's how, that's all I called him all night. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. You're welcome to hang out. We have. Uh, couple other guests coming up uh, later but i know you also have an extremely early day tomorrow so yeah. we understand if you got to run but, yeah uh, i gotta we gotta, got pizza coming oh i know i saw it out there i saw awesome. it out there cool well, let's get into some music this is voices within the walls if you're listening to the podcast version of this show we will have links up in today's show notes that'll open up your itunes and take you directly to this song and this album charred walls of the damned and uh, so there is a possibility of a second album, right? Oh, definitely. Cool. I've actually already written uh, six songs. I just finished the sixth uh, song for the next album this past Sunday. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I can't wait to go. I'm hoping even to go uh, back in the studio before the end of the year because 
uh, Jason just has the ultimate studio. He's got a cool. pool. He's got, you know, it's out in the country in Florida. It's just so chill. We watch Lebowski and drink White Russians and just oh, have nice. a great time. So, cool. yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And uh, But, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, too, like, what uh, do you have a favorite track off the album that you particularly like? <clears throat> well, the first one that caught me was the single because that, I think, was released before the rest of the record on iTunes. So mm -hmm. I had downloaded that initially and... And the the hook in that just blew my mind. But as time went on, I I, I uh, really liked uh, manifestations and uh, voices uh, voices within the walls, which cool. you know I was going to play right now. If you're awesome. cool with that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're you know we're thinking about doing another video and a second single, and I loved getting people's opinion because I like all the songs, and I but yeah. I like to get people's opinion on what they would think would be another uh, another good video. So. And I do think you picked a great tune for the first video, Ghost Town. And yeah. to me, because I've been watching that video, that's the song that I'm singing over and over. So, mm -hmm. I mean, great choice to pick that oh, tune thanks. to do that. Well, I got to give the credit for that to the great Brian Slagle because I was kind of up in the air. I was like, well, I like all the songs. I really don't want to yeah. pick one. And, and he thought that that was a, a really good choice that – kind of in one song it encompasses what this band is about and kind of covers all the bases as far as all the different styles that are in this band and you know the different textures i guess you could say so cool well cool if we stuff. could just get a talking metal id from you and then we'll get right into the music your name and you're listening to talking metal this is richard christie from charred walls of the damned and you are listening to talking metal Cool. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Thank Richard.
you just heard was a quick sound sample of Ghost Town by Charred Walls of the Dam. Use those links in today's show notes to download that music. Support Richard Christie and his great new band, Charred Walls of the Dam. I was really impressed with the album, and I hope you guys go and give it a good listen on iTunes. Uh, do some downloading of it legally, of course. Uh, let's get into the interview with Anik, the Morbid Chef. Both these two interviews in today's show were recorded back in early February on Talking Metal Live. The next live show is March 11th, Thursday, March 11th. Bobby Blitz in the studio with us live. Should be a lot of fun. I think Mark from Accept and maybe Peter from Accept might be there too. That's uh, still tentative, but let's uh, let's see. If you're listening to this show before Saturday, March 6th, get your ass down to Dingbats. Screaming Metal will rock you in our yearly celebration that is taking place at Dingbats out in Clifton, New Jersey. All right, here's our friend, Anik, the Morbid Chef, author of Hellbent for Cooking. And we're back with Talking Metal Live, still live, still metal. And now about to do some talking, Mark and John. That was the classic Judas Priest song, Painkiller, by the band Death, with Richard Christie, on drums. What a great drummer. What a great yeah, no guy. No doubt. No doubt about it. Anik. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Anik. <laughs> on the line, let me introduce you, Anik. We are so psyched to have you on the line all the way from Canada. We have Anik, the morbid chef, Shihu, author of Hellbent for Cooking, the heavy metal cookbook. I am so psyched, Anik. Welcome to Talking Metal. Hey, thank you. And that was some great music you were playing. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Anik. Mark here. Uh, Anik, the morbid chef, the author, I guess, of Hell Bent for Cooking, the one and only heavy metal cookbook on bazillion points, right? Right. Yep. Great. And I wanted to talk to you about the book. It's 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 kind of it's not a typical idea uh, to have a heavy metal cookbook. Where did you get this idea from? Well, it's only um, it's. It- putting my two passions together, which is uh, cooking and metal. So I'm like, hey, why don't I do a heavy metal cookbook? And the idea just sprouted like that. <laughs> cool. And now it's a cool book because initially I thought it was just going to be recipes, but it's it's so much more than that. It's, it's basically what happens is I guess the recipes come from the band, mm-hmm. and then on each page you kind of give your little opinion and two cents on, on the actual recipe – and then there is also a write-up about the band, which had some, you know, a bunch of, like, really cool facts. Like, for instance, the Rods. I never knew that David from the Rods was was Ronnie James Dio's cousin. Did wow. You? Yeah. No, I, I never knew that. that. I never knew that before I read this cookbook. So that was that was uh, cool, as well as his uh, recipe for uh, full-throttled chicken curry. <laughs> And it's great because you you get to uh, learn more about the bands, uh, and uh, sometimes they they give uh, little stories uh, why they picked that recipe in particular and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. So. And and th- let's talk about some of the bands. I mean, you cover everybody from Sepultura to Hard Rock and Thin Lizzy to you know progressive black metal Psy to you know main melodic metal Doro. What type of metal do you like the best? Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Doom Metal. Oh, actually. Doom. Okay, cool. Yeah, like Candlemas and sure. Trouble and stuff like that. And That's you... my favorite style, but I really love, uh, you know, the um, the roots of every 
metal style. Like uh, I really love new wave of British heavy metal. Um, uh, you know, early black metal uh, when it was still fresh, uh, stuff right. like that. So I like pretty much everything except for like gore and like gore grind and right. Stuff like that. Speaking of doom, wino it provides a, uh, a recipe for brownies, which actually contain uh, cannabis. I think one right. of maybe two recipes yeah. in the book that have cannabis. Now, I noticed that was one one of the the few recipes you actually didn't comment on. Was that for legal legal reasons, or or why was that? Well, I, I don't I don't do drugs at all, so I, I made it with tea. So I I, I didn't want to sound like a, right. like a wimp, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Now, Anique, what are some of the recipes that are in this cookbook that you like the best? Uh, my favorite is the lamb and cabbage stew by uh, Mayhem. Wow. Uh, which is called, I can't pronounce the name, but I, I think it's called Farikal or something like that. <laughs> and it's really good, and it takes about five minutes to make. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's that recipe is, like, really killer, especially for, like, the holidays or when you get, like, you know, a bunch of your friends. Uh, you know, it's it's so easy, and it takes it 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 takes two hours to cook, wow. five minutes to make. Now, how long did it take you to, you know, basically cook all this stuff, photograph it, and not only just photograph a cool meal, but there's like skulls in the background. Like you'll see a pizza, and then there's a skull. There are chains, <laughs> or you know, how did you do this? And how long did it take you to just put that part of it together? I mean, it's a, it's a major undertaking. This book. Yeah. Well, it took me six months. Wow. Six months. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I pretty much, uh, you know, worked nonstop. Uh, I have a day job, too, so I work in the evenings and weekends and, uh, you know, stop going to shows and hanging out with friends. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so it, it was it was really fun and, you know, uh, making all the food. I, I would make, like, you know, five recipes per day and photograph everything. <laughs> wow. So you photographed it yourself? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, Thank you. And these are all—I mean, for the most part, these are all serious recipes. I right. Mean, this yeah. isn't this isn't a, a joke in any way. I mean, these are the you know, and and again, the facts are what I just love. The there's a fl flounder fillet uh, by John from Sir Lord Baltimore, mm -hmm. and another cool fact that you have in there that Sir Sir Lord Baltimore was the first band to ever be called heavy metal. Yeah, wow. that's right. In Cream Magazine. And where do you get these facts from? Uh, well, I I research. Well, I I I I would research biographies and stuff like that. Some yeah. of them I knew already. Yeah. Like this fact, I knew um, the rods. I knew just by reading uh, magazines and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, you know, I researched a lot every single band uh, to make sure uh, that the biographies are as uh, interesting as possible. So, uh, yeah, internet, books, encyclopedias, stuff like that. Cool. We <laughs> just had Richard Christie here in the studio, and he told us about the Viking testicle yeah. drink, which which we're going to try. <laughs> right now? No, not, not right, right now. now. A little bit later. <laughs> I was thinking it would be good if we had the ingredients Yeah, we should have had it. it but, uh, I don't we, think we have it here. We still have a few more interviews left tonight, so yeah. uh, <laughs> try to <laughs> wait. maintain our sanity. But, um, again, there are a lot of – it's broken down into sections. You have chicken – Beef, uh, what, lamb? Is that, that's mm -hmm. a vegetarian meals. And 
and then you have some desserts and you have uh you know the the drinks in the back the mixed drinks yeah did you notice that the recipes that were submitted by certain bands kind of the, the meals maybe in a way reflected their music uh, well, uh, the thrash metal bands, they had a, they always uh, incorporated beer. <laughs> yeah, cool. Makes sense, right? <laughs> of course. Uh, but beside that, uh, it really depends on the culture of the the place where they come from. Um, the bands from Greece, for example, they, they all gave me uh, lamb recipes. Um, right. But, you know, it, it doesn't really uh, go with the, the style of uh, metal. No, it does not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, Anik, I was talking to you earlier, and I told you that I'm going to try to make some of these. Now, I already know what I'm going to start with, and it's absolutely one of my favorite meals that I've had my whole childhood, and it's Scott Ian's favorite, stuffed cabbage. Oh, now, yeah. it looks amazing. I want to go eat it right now. I'm looking at the <laughs> picture, but tell us about that. And had you ever had, like, for example, had you tried all of these before, or was this something new for you? stuffed cabbage before but this recipe uh you know it was uh when i did the recipe it was a, a new one for me but cool. my grandma makes that meal all the time too <laughs> very cool mine does too and my mom too yeah oh, it's so good and the, uh, scott ian's recipe is a bit more sugary than usual wow because um, he uses a mix of uh, uh ketchup and ginger ale <laughs> wow <laughs> the sauce. yeah and it's really good. I really like it personally. Cool. And how many recipes are actually in this book? Uh, there's 101 uh, recipes. Oh, wow. So. Okay. And these, again, guys, all serious recipes. Even if you're not a metalhead, I would probably recommend this book because there are a lot of uh, things that you would never never think of. A lot of more typical things with maybe ingredients you wouldn't think of. The guacamole by Gonzo from Armored Saint looks quite delicious. Do you remember mm -hmm. trying that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was really good, too. Um, and I, I, the pizzas, too. Uh, there's uh, all sorts of different pizza. Yeah, there's like a yeah. five-layer pizza or something. Yeah, who, who pizza did, cake. Yeah. Who did that one? Do you remember? Uh, it's a band called Funerot from the States. It's like a thrash metal, a little bit uh, in the style of Voivod. Right. And, uh, yeah, they they just created this insanity. Mm. <laughs> Four pizzas stacked on top of each other. <laughs> Yeah, I looked through every recipe. I was on a, a plane home from Mexico the other day, and I, <laughs> I, I sat there eating horrible airplane food, looking at all these delicious Aww. pictures. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I, which was which was torture. But I got to tell you, there were every recipe, all I guess a hundred and one. Uh, including the pot brownies, uh, looked delicious to me, <laughs> except for two. And I wanted to give these two uh, a shout out because the, were, uh, the ball testicle surprise uh -oh. seemed a little scary to me. And this was by Thomas from uh, Master's Hammer. Um, yeah. it, uh, you actually tasted this, correct? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and what was it like? I mean, it, these are a a actual testicles, right? Yeah. From well, a cow? Uh, this well, the ones that I found was from a sheep. Oh, wow. sheep! Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> amazing. Hey, good for you. <laughs> and where do you where do you buy sheep testicles? Uh, in halal uh, butchers, uh, butcher shops. Wow. Uh, because over there, uh, they need to keep them uh, for some reason. <laughs> um, it's hard to find bull testicles because mm. uh, they cut them at a young age, so oh, they okay. become. Uh, v um, 
beef or something like that. Yeah, probably wow. calms. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it tasted like uh, liver a little bit. And the ones that I tried were sheep, so they had, like, a kind of sheep aftertaste. And it was okay. But, you know, you know when liver cooks, it kind of smells bad. Right, right. So, you know, it's, it's okay, but I wouldn't eat it every day. <laughs> and what was the the other one that was I thought was maybe a little odd was uh, uh, Liz from uh, Electric Wizard. Um, what there was a bur- was it root? What, what's that? Rook. 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 Yeah. yeah. You what know is what the rook? Is I don't know what it is, but I saw a picture of a bird there, and it looked kind of scary to me. Like, a, <laughs> what, what what's up with that? What is a rook bird? A rook bird is a crow. It's oh. actually a small crow or okay. something like that. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, here uh, in Montreal, uh, if you eat crows, uh, you know they're they're gonna have some kind of weird, you know, you'll get you'll grow a tail or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not exactly sanitary. <laughs> so I, I didn't uh, try the exact recipe. Right. But, um, yep. Cool. I suppose I researched it and I found substitutes for people that want to try it. <laughs> Cool. Well, Anik, we are so psyched, and I can't wait to get in the kitchen to try out some of these recipes. And awesome. and let me tell all the Talking Metal listeners that not only can you, you know, eat what your favorite metal stars love to eat, but there's, as Mark said, a lot of cool facts, some great photos. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anik, what a nice looking book. Um, I yeah, actually it really work is. In it's a great looking and book. It looks yeah. great. And congratulations oh, on it. You. And Where's the best place for people to buy this book? The best place is uh, on uh, bazillionpoints.com. Okay, Or cool. you can go at hellbentforcooking.com. So that's the, like, the cheapest and the fastest place to, uh, to get it. Excellent. Well, we will be sure to link uh, both those sites from uh, right. the show notes in the podcast version of this interview. Awesome. And uh, we would love it if you could give us a uh, Talking Metal ID, just saying your name and you are listening to Talking Metal. Okay. Whenever you're ready. Okay. <laughs> this is Annick, Morbid Chef Giroux. Uh, crap. <laughs> That's okay. That was good. Right, you can try it. You can do it as many times as you want. <laughs> this is Annick, Morbid Chef Giroux on Talking Metal Radio. Great. Thank, Thank you, Annick. Yeah, that was perfect. This is Last Train Home by Armored Saint, a band that is actually featured in the book, Hellbent for Cooking. Thanks, Anik. Hey, you're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Take Take care. care.